Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to begin today. Well, how many of you uh, so far having a pretty good year? How many of you so far you would like to rewind the clock and go back to 2014? Because, you know, you never know what a year has to bring, right? But we've been talking about, we've been in this series that we just simply called re, which is a prefix, mean to return, rebuild, renew, restore, all this kind of stuff. And so we've been in this series. Today is our fourth week. And um, I don't know if you were in the second service last week. We didn't preach. And so uh, we, um, but anyway, in week one, we talked about the God who revives. He can make alive anything that's dead in your life. Week two, we talked about the God who refills. God refills empty, parched lives. In week three, we talked about a God who refreshes. God has the ability to refresh us like we just took a good, cool bath after a scorching hot day in the sun. Amen? And today we're going to talk about a God who renews. A God who renews. Some of you in here today, you need a renewal. So we're going to talk about that today. Father, I pray, help me to preach and teach your word today. God, I pray, cause the atmosphere to be clear that the word of God might be able to go out and accomplish all that you have purpose and destined for it to accomplish today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, our main text for this sermon is found in Romans 12, and it's verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So Paul says in this one verse, pay careful attention to not falling into the pattern or the mold to be conformed to the world. How many of you know the world has a pattern? It has a mold. But he says, rather, instead of be conformed, be transformed. How do you get transformed? Well, you get transformed whenever you get your mind renewed, by renewing your mind. Renew means to renovate. It means to make brand new. You ever renovated your house? It means to bring something back to its original condition. You ever renovated a piece of furniture? You know, whenever I think of renovation, I think, or, or restoration, I think of an old car. You ever saw an old car that has been renovated. Come on. How many of you want to go for a cruise and that baby? Amen. I know all the teenagers do, but how many of you would rather this picture, the renovation? Amen. Come on. That's a better, come on. I'm ready to ride in that. Amen. That's a picture of what the, the apostle is telling us here. He's saying, don't be conformed, be transformed. And so God is a God who renews and a, a God who takes all things and makes them new. He renovates and he restores our life. And he think, he takes a life that has been deteriorated by the harshness and hardness of life. And he makes it brand new. How many of you know the Lord can do that? He can take all things and make it new. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new car. He's been renovated through the power of the spirit. Amen. God is a God who renews. Now, there are many different ways God renews his people. God can renew us spiritually. Psalm 51.10, create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew a faithful spirit within me. A renewed spirit means your heart is made right with God again. He can renew your relationship with God. 
Number two, God can renew our strength. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Renewed strength means your lack of energy is replaced with the strong power of God's mighty hand. Amen. Come on. You can put new spring in your step. God can renew our days. Lamentations 5.21 says, Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old. You know, renewed days, I believe, means you get a chance to get a fresh start in life. How many of you are grateful for fresh starts in life? Amen. I am so grateful for the mercy of God that gives me a chance to start afresh every day. Amen. And then God can renew every aspect of our life. In Ruth 4.15, he says, He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. He will renew your life. Renewed life means God can turn your chronological clock and your biological clock back. Amen? Come on. Some of you just perked up right there. In other words, he can restore the days you've squandered and supernaturally make you look younger than you're supposed to be. Come on, this is a beauty secret right here, ladies. Come on, this is a look good, handsome man right here. Amen. He can renew your life. You know, whenever after I got saved, I used to, I used to get depressed thinking about, man, I wish I could turn the, the chronological clock back and go back to my high school days because I squandered my high school. Doing drugs and getting high and being foolish. I wish I could go back and I could take typing instead of home ec and just eating. Amen. Uh, come on. I just vented a little bit right there. I've been hunting and pecking ever since. But listen, you know what? One day I was thinking about that and said, God, I wish I had a chance. And God rebuked me. And he said, come on. You need to quit living by your, your old ways and, you know, moping over what didn't happen. And, you know, I was reminded of that verse in Joel 2.25, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Amen? God was saying to me, I have restored you. I have given you back those days that you squandered. I caught you back up. And you all right now. Amen? So quit belly aching about the past and come on, let's do something. Amen? Come on, can I encourage you today? God can renew your life. He can restore your years. Amen. God is a God of renewal. And He can restore your entire life. Now, how does God renew and change your entire life? Well, God renews our life when we allow Him to change our mindsets. It all happens right here, between the ears. That's where it all happens. Romans 12, 2 Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Life change happens when your mind is renewed. Now, what does it mean to be transformed? It literally means metamorphosis. It literally means that. And it means to go through a complete change of form and structure and appearance. And the best picture of metamorphosis is when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Come on. Some of us look like that before Christ. Amen. I mean, in fact, that looks a little bit better than some of us. Amen. 
But listen, the caterpillar, when it goes through metamorphosis, this is what happens. After it forms a larva and gets in the cocoon of God's grace, out comes the butterfly. So listen, you might be, feel like you're a caterpillar today, or you might feel like you're stuck in a larva today, but I'm telling you, God wants to make you a butterfly. Amen? He wants to make you beautiful in his eyes and in his sight. Come on, how many of you are open to that? Through the renewing of your mind, your whole life can be transformed like a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Don't be, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing. Renewing your mind means the adjustment of your moral and spiritual vision and thinking so that it lines up with God's patterns of thinking and vision. It's got to realign. And renewal means you realign your thinking to line it up with God. And life transformation happens when your moral and your spiritual thinking and your thinking patterns and your mindsets change from the worldly way of thinking and they're brought back into God's way of thinking. That's when your life starts changing. See, we've all been held back by wrong thinking patterns and mindsets. All of us. Colossians 2.8 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ, don't allow yourself to be captured or held captive with empty philosophies, with high-sounding nonsense. But he says, rather, let your mind come under the subjection of the Spirit of God and the thinking of Christ. That's what we need. It's what we all need. According to this passage, there are two sources of mindsets Empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. And then there's the thinking that comes from the spiritual powers of this world. How many of you know there's a, there's a devil, there's Satan, there's an adversary that his goal is to plant high-sounding and human thinking and, and, and vain philosophies in our mind because he knows he can capture us and he can hold us in bondage. And, and so... We held in bondage, even as Christians sometimes, by wrong mindsets, by wrong thinking patterns. And we're not able to go where God wants us to go. But 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, listen, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. See, our real battle is against... Uh, human reasonings. See, our real battle is not against human beings, but rather against wrong mindsets. That's where the real battle, the battle is in the mind. And the victory comes in the mind. You see, the Bible talks about strongholds here. Strongholds are mindsets and belief systems that we have adopted that are contrary to the Scripture. And whenever we, ca- whenever we buy into a mindset that's different than the scripture, it captivates us and it holds us like a stronghold. It wraps us up. And these strongholds and wrong mindsets keep us from being overcomers. They keep us from victory. Amen. And so it's important that we know that, that we got to get set free from this. Amen. You know, when a person is bought into the lie, 
that God is an angry, harsh God. He's a hard God. And he's just waiting for us to make a mistake so he can punish us. That's some people's perspective of God. Oh, man, you're going to church. Oh, I go to church. But man, every time I go, I'm just waiting for the roof to fall in. Because I know God's just waiting to just smash me like a bug. Wrong mindset. You see, if you got that mindset, that you'll never be able to enjoy the love and the grace of God. See, just this wrong perspective of God will hold you captive. The wrong mindset will keep you from experiencing God's love. See, and sometimes we don't articulate it. We don't even say it. We just adopt it. And we just live by it. We're bound by it. What about a person who's committed some sin or evil act? And they think that God would never forgive them. It's amazing how many people I've talked to that think they have committed the unpardonable sin. And I say, anytime you're concerned about committing the unpardonable sin, you haven't committed the unpardonable sin. The fact that you're worried about pleasing God tells me you didn't. Amen? But you know what? If you think you've committed the unpardonable sin, where can you go from there? I mean, where do you get get hope? Where, Where do you get encouragement from? There's nowhere to go. So your wrong mindset enslaves you and keeps you spiritually away from the grace and the power of God that can set your life free. Are y'all tracking with me today? What about when a person believes they don't need God? I can do this on my own, man. Oh, God is for like old people. Or people that are weak, that can't live life on their own. They can't make it on their own. They don't need God. They can make it on their own. That's a wrong mindset. And you see that wrong mindset will keep you from experiencing God. And sometimes that mindset is not broken until you finally get to the place and stage of life where you absolutely have nowhere to go and nothing to turn to but God. And then you're willing to maybe consider the fact that you do need God's help. So you can see that mindsets will mess you up big time. What we believe mentally determines what we receive spiritually. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man, as he thinks within himself, so is he. When we think, what we think determines what we believe. And what we believe affects what we do. And what we do produces the results in our life. It all starts with our thinking. It all starts with what we we prescribe to our opinions. And so listen, our thoughts determine our destiny. If you believe you're a loser, you're probably going to live your life like a loser. If you believe you're a failure, it's very unlikely that you will ever succeed. You can't go past the thought that you're a failure. If you think negative, your life is going to be negative. It's hard to have a positive, blessed life if all you think is negative thoughts. Listen, we can never live beyond the mental picture that we have painted of ourselves. What we believe is what we receive. Somebody said, people will never attain what they cannot see themselves doing. Jesus said, our thinking determines what we receive from him. And this is what he said in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. Think about that. What we receive from God is directly related to what we believe about God? Yes, it is. 
It's directly related. You see, until somebody believes that there is salvation in the Lord, they're never going to experience the power of salvation. They're never going to experience metamorphosis until they become a new creature in Christ. So they got to prescribe to it. If you believe your life can change, then guess what? Your life can change. If you believe that Jesus can make your life better, then guess what? You're a great candidate to have a changed life. Because it all starts with what you believe. In, in Mark eight thirteen, Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done to you just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. The centurion had a servant that was paralyzed. And the centurion believed that God, that Jesus could heal him. In fact, he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house and pray for my, my servant. If you just say, be healed, he's going to be healed. I listen, I'm a guy under authority. I'm a guy over authority. You know, I have people under me. I'm in authority. I'm with authority. I mean, I, I'm in all levels of authority and I know you the big dog. I know you have all authority. And if you say servant be healed, you ain't even got to come to my house. He's going to be healed. And Jesus said, wow. Wow, what great faith. He said, you know what? Because you believe your servant could be healed, then I'm going to heal your servant. Come on, how many believe your life can change? The truth is our mindsets and thinking patterns, right or wrong, determine the limitations of our lives. Mindsets and thinking patterns are like a lid on a jaw that holds fleas in. You ever heard that story? They did a they did a pro, they did a, a, a project and they put fleas in a jar, and they put the lid on it, put some holes in it where the fleas couldn't come out, and the fleas started flying around the jar, and they learned that if they went up too high, they'd hit their head on the lid, and so they started going way up to the lid and stop, come down. So after a while, they said, "I wonder what we do if we take the lid off." They took the lid off, and the fleas never left the jar. The fleas got programmed in their thinking that that's as far as they could go in life. And some of us, we've been programmed in our thinking that there's as far as we can go based upon the lid of our before Christ days. And Jesus is saying, take the lid off, man. I can do impossible things. Come on, change your stinking thinking and get on the right page with me and let's get the lid off your life. Amen. You know, it reminds me of, you know, that, uh, that elephant, you know, when an elephant is small, uh, I, you know, this is what I hear happens. They, they take an elephant and they put it in a stake. They put a stake, they put the elephant in a stake. <laughs> Write that down. That, that, you're going to have to ponder that. In fact, tell me what that means after you figure it out. Okay, so they take an elephant, they wrap a rope around its neck, and they tie it to a stake in the ground. There we go. And the elephant, he pulls on the stake when he's young and he can't go anywhere. He feels the resistance. So he's like, oh man, I can't go further than this. So he goes this way and, oh, can't go further than that. And so they just let him get adjusted to the length of the cord. And the elephant stays in the vicinity of the stake and the rope. And then as the elephant gets bigger, they what they do is they just leave it on there. And here's this massive elephant that's so powerful and he's being held by this little rope and this little stake in the ground. Whenever if he bumped into it, he might knock it out of the ground. But he lives his life tied to the stake. That's what happens when your mind 
gets programmed by the wrong mindsets. It keeps you tied to the stake. It holds you back. That's why we need to have our mind renewed because if you will renew your mind, you're going to take the lid off your life, pull the stake out of the ground, and you're going to go where God wants you to go and do what God wants you to do and fulfill your destiny in life. Amen? Come on, you received that this morning? So here's the most wonderful news. We don't have to live our lives bound by wrong mindsets, and wrong thinking patterns. Amen? Thank God we're not stuck in the mud forever. We can get out of the rut. So God has made provisions for our mindsets to be changed. That's the good news. Because we can win the battle in our minds. And Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by renewing your mind. God can demolish every stronghold, every wrong thinking pattern, every lie that we believe, every limitation that we're living with because of our stinking thinking. God can demolish that thinking and set us free. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's good news right there. Now, three keys to demolishing wrong thinking patterns. Number one, continually expose your mind to the truth of God's word. You see, a stronghold, remember, is a mindset that is contrary to God's word. A philosophy. This is my philosophy. Okay, well, what's your philosophy? Is it, does it line up with God's philosophy? If it does it, it's vain philosophy. It's empty philosophy. It, it, it doesn't merit, it doesn't merit something that you want to hang your hat on. If it's not God's philosophy, It's the wrong philosophy. It doesn't matter how smart they are, how many books they wrote, and where, who they come from, where they come from. It just matter not. Unless it's God's philosophy, it's the wrong philosophy. Amen? So we got to continually expose our mind to God's philosophy. In case we bought into the wrong philosophy, it's going to get exposed. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. You know what this is saying? We need the mind of Christ. That's what we need. Isn't it true that most wrong mindsets and thinking patterns is a result of Satan's lies that we believed? You know, like Eve, surely you're not going to die if you eat that fruit. What, What happened? She died, not physically, but spiritually, right? Satan's lies are what hold us captive. And we can be God loving people walking with God for 50 years. And still be believing lies. You know, listen, I, a number of years ago, I think Brandon was with me. I did a funeral in Erath and there was a, a, a high school close friend of mine and their daughter died, young age. And, and I was talking about uh, at the funeral, when I was doing the funeral, I said, you know, um, the only reason why we have a chance to, to mourn 
the loss of this young lady is because God blessed us with the gift of this young lady. Everything comes from God. Everything good comes from God, right? The Lord is given and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord, Job said. But, you know, I said, you know, you know, before we get angry at God, that, that this young lady died prematurely, let's think for a moment that the only reason why we got to know her was because God decided to bless us with her in our lives. Amen? And so after the funeral, this lady came up and she said to me, she said, I needed to hear what you said today at this funeral. I said, yeah, why is that? She said, well, 30 years ago, I lost my son. And I've been angry with God ever since. And today, hearing you say that, I came to the realization that I've been believing a lie that God hated me. He didn't love me and he just wanted me to suffer. And I realized today that God loved me by allowing me to have this son. A lie that you believe can hold you captive for 50 years. So what do you do? What do you do about it whenever you've been held captive? John 8, 31 says, Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Satan's lies, strongholds over our minds are broken and destroyed when we expose them to the truth of God's word. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, so do you need to read your Bible to go to heaven? No. Do you need to read your Bible to, 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 for God to love you? No. This is how you expose the lies. This is how you break the mindsets. This is how you get the lid off your life. This is how you pull the stake out of the ground. Now, you want to circle a stake all your life or you want to go live like God called you to live? Come on, you want to live in the joy of Satan's lies or you want to break out of the joy and enjoy the freedom of the world that God has laid out before you? Amen. That's that's what's at stake here, right? When a person is bought into the lie that God is angry, harsh, that person will never be able to enjoy God's love and his grace. Amen. When you continually expose your mind to the word of God, it's like giving your mind a bath. It's like it's like washing it with a scrub brush. Wash your mind with the water of the word. It washes the dirt of Satan's lies out of your mind. You see, and it's not a matter of it's not a matter of if we're going to be exposed to Satan's lies. It's a matter of how much we're going to buy into him. Because that's his job, is to sow seeds. That's his job. He don't show up. He doesn't come down the aisle with a red suit, with a pitchfork in his hand, with horns coming up. I am the devil and I came to take you down. That's not how he operates. He just plants a thought. He just plants a thought and hopes you buy into it. And if you buy into his thought, he'll put a wall around you. He'll tie you spiritually and keep you from going where God wants you to go. A second key to demolishing wrong thinking patterns is to learn to control your thoughts. How many of you know thoughts are very powerful? They're powerful. They set the direction of your life. They determine your level of success at home and at work. Thoughts determine the health of your relationships and the success of your ministry. Where they go, 
you follow. Where your thoughts go, you will follow. If you think about ice cream long enough, yeah, oh yeah, you following him, baby. Amen. I was, I was, wasn't even in my notes. I was right off the cuff there. Everybody's going to be making a beeline for ice cream after the service. So listen, you can't stop your mind from thinking thoughts, right? That's why God created your mind is to think thoughts. So to not do that is to quit doing what God created it to do. So you can't stop thinking thoughts. But you can stop allowing your mind to dwell on wrong thoughts, on negative thoughts, on ungodly thoughts. Amen? You can stop your mind from dwelling on doubt-filled thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We are destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know what? We got to get good at taking thoughts captive. Take thoughts captive. In other words, whenever they got a thought swimming around your brain and it ain't good, take it captive. Put it under your feet and say, no, I'm not going to allow you to build this case right here in my brain. I'm taking you captive. Paul says, after we've done After we're done destroying speculations and lofty things raised up against the knowledge of God, then we need to bring every thought captive and bring it into obedience to Christ. Now, what does that mean, to bring it into obedience to Christ? In other words, it means take control of your thoughts and make sure they line up with what God says. Amen? Satan's plan is to trap us by keeping us dwelling on thoughts of doubt and negativity. I mean, he'll make you think negative. He'll plan. You're never going to amount to anything. Oh, yeah, probably not. No, you're never going to amount. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, you're, you're a low down. You are no good. You're, and he'll, he'll try to build such a case that you can't see any reason for living. He's, he's reduced you to make you think that you have absolutely no value in your life. And all he's got to do is work in your brain and put all these bad thoughts. But I tell you what, Satan's plan is to trap us by planting these negative thoughts. But God's plan is to keep us and release us and free us by causing us to dwell on things that are spirit-filled and faith-filled and that are positive. Amen? That's how he frees us up. So listen, we got to get good at taking thoughts captive. And this is what Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is a great list of positive, faith-filled thoughts that you need to think. You know, listen, if, if, I don't know whether this is true. I heard this. I read this in a book that a guy was in a train car and uh, he was uh, told that it was freezing outside. And he froze to death just thinking that, that it was so cold outside that he wouldn't be able to live. And the reality is it never was that cold. Now, I don't know if that story is true or not. I don't know how they could put that in the book and it not be true. But isn't it true that we can think ourselves into such a pit that we can't even see the light of Jesus in that pit? by just letting him put all these negative thoughts in our mind. 
And here we are, God-loving people that Jesus died on the cross so that we could live in victory and we're living defeated because we haven't learned to bring captive those thoughts and put our thinking cap on and start thinking on the things that are positive, faith-filled, godly, pure, worthy of praise and glory and honor. Amen? Amen. We have to learn to take captive our thoughts because where our thoughts go, our lives will follow. If our mindsets are constantly dwelling on negative thoughts, we're going to live a negative life. If we allow our mind to dwell on positive, faith-filled thoughts, then praise God, we're going to be hopeful. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to have a new reason to get up in the morning and press in because who knows what God's got for us ahead. Amen? Amen. A third key to demolishing wrong thinking patterns is to watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Like, you know, put your hand over your mouth. Watch out. Watch what you say. You see, listen, what I'm saying is pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth. Because what's coming out of your mouth is a good indication of what's really in your mind. It's a good indication. You know, you know have you ever said something like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You know why you said that? Because you were thinking that. That's why you said it. You know, it'd be great if everything we think don't come out of our mouth. Hopefully, we got some form of a filter there. Amen. But we got to be careful what we think about because what we think about is going to come out of our mouth. This is what Jesus says, Matthew 15, 18. But the things that come out of, out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Now, you know, I've always read that and said, you know, out of your heart comes. So if it's in your heart, it's going to come out. Well, you know, the, the word heart means the mind, thoughts and feelings. So it's really not what's necessarily in here. It's what's in here. So out of your head come evil thoughts, murder. So if what is coming out of our mouth is full of doubt and unbelief, then it's a good indication that we're carnally minded and we're not spiritually minded. If we talk, I have no value, I am worthless, where is that coming from? Who's planting that thought in your mind? I'm never going to amount to anything. No, either Satan or Satan's vessel planted that thought in your mind somewhere. So listen, watch what you say, because what you say is going to give you an indication of what's really in your mind. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you're carnally minded, it kills you. But when you're spiritually minded, it fills you with life and peace. We need to have the right spirit controlling our mind. We need the Spirit of God controlling our mind. And so if we start to say things that are contrary to the Word and that feed into the devil's plan to destroy you, you need to quit working with the devil and start working against him. Amen? And you just need to start saying the right words. Ephesians 4.23 says, And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Amen? If you got the wrong attitude, repent and change your attitude. You know, uh, Acts 3.19 says, repent and turn to God and your sins may be wiped up. You know what repent means? It means to change your mind. 
And so some of us maybe need to be renewed in our mind by repenting and say, God, you said that I'm wonderfully fashioned. Who am I to call myself invaluable? Come on, get your, get your thoughts lined up with God's word. Amen. Instead of allowing all sorts of words of doubt and unbelief to come out of your mouth, how about we start believing and speaking hopeful, encouraging, faith-filled words? Amen? And what about if we start doing that to one another? Come on, how about, how about we help each other out? Instead of you beating each other up and cutting each other down, how about we start building each other up? Amen? So can I encourage you today to start speaking and believing great things from God? Amen. And I, can I encourage you to start speaking? Man, I'm blessed. Come on. Is it okay to say I'm blessed? Is it okay for you to say I'm blessed? Listen, your mind and everything in your mind be, might be shouting a thousand, a thousand reasons why you can't say I'm blessed. But don't submit to your carnal minded thinking. Submit to the spiritual thinking of God and say, I am blessed because God has blessed me. Amen. Start declaring it. I Can I encourage you to start speaking and believing better things for your life? To start thinking better of what God has for you. Believe that you're going to be successful. Believe that you're going to succeed in life. Believe and speak the fact that you are blessed and favored of God every day. Amen. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. Amen. Quit saying and believing the lies that the enemy plants in your mind. That you're a nobody, that you're nothing. Let's start speaking and believing what the Bible says. The Bible says that you are a chosen, special, valuable child of the king. Not a worthless piece of junk. Now, I don't know if there's anybody in here like this that feels that you have no value. Or that you don't have any worth. But I want you to write this verse down or this passage down. And I want you to meditate on it. Until the power of those thoughts break off your mind and you go from carnal minded to spiritually minded. And it's Psalm 139 verse 13. But you were cre- you created my innermost being. Who created? Who created us? You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Hey, listen, it's a blessing when you know full well that God has wonderfully made you. You might not like some habits about you or some, you know, some, you know, maybe the way your hair turned out this morning, but that has nothing to do with your value. Listen, the Lord don't make bad things. He don't make mistakes. He made you and you are precious, honey. You are precious, sir. You are wonderfully made. You're not a loser. You're a winner because God made you. Come on, adopt that as your standard. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, believe that you are a blessed child of God. Galatians 3 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that faithful, we might receive the promise of the spirit. Now, man, how many of you like to be related to Bill Gates? How many of you like to be his son and his daughter? Listen, whenever you get this. Who Bill Gates. Is connected to who created Bill Gates 
is God the Father. And God the Father created somebody greater and more richer and more blessed than Bill Gates. And that's Abraham. It's in Abraham that all the families on the earth get blessed. And God said, I broke the curse off of you so that Abraham's blessing would be on you. Come on, there's no reason to live a defeated, poverty-minded life is all the reason in the world to say, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he came to break every financial curse over the Menard family to give me the breast, the blessing of Abraham. Amen. I know you probably don't believe this, but I'm Jewish. I've been engrafted into Abraham's family. I'm one of his children, and I can get the blessing of the apple of God's eye. Amen. And I'm telling you, you are too. Adopt that into your life. Amen. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm getting myself happy up here. This, just doing what I'm telling you to do. And it's just speak the truth of God. And don't believe the lie that you're cursed, that you're a failure, that you're never going to amount anything. My Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Listen, I had many times and many people say you're a loser, you're a failure. And they if they didn't say it with their mouth, they said it with their body language. They said it with their attitudes. They said it the way they treated me. There's been you. There's been people in your life that treated you the same way. There are circumstances in your life trying to tell you you're a failure. You're no count. You're no good. But my Bible says that, sir, ma'am, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. My Bible says your God will give you everything you need to be successful in life. Everything that you need. Renew your mind in the truth of God's word. Let the lies of the enemy break off your mind and be transformed. Don't be a worm. Don't be a caterpillar. Bless God. Be a butterfly that God has set you free to be in your life. Come on, stand up with me and let's give God praise and glory and honor for what he's done for us on the cross today. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We worship you today. Lord, I thank you that you're pulling down mindsets. God, I thank you that you're pulling down lies of the adversary that have rooted themselves in the minds of your people today. God, I thank you, Lord, through the Spirit of God that you're giving people the mind of Christ today. Thank you, Lord, that you're changing attitudes, that you're changing belief systems. Thank you, Father God, that you're exposing lies of the adversary and the evil one today. I thank you, Lord, your truth is ruling and it's reigning. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you continue in my word, you're going to have a brain bath. You're going to be cleansed of the lies that are holding you back. Father, thank you that you're touching every heart and every life in this room today. Thank you, Lord, that you're touching every mind. Father, wash our minds today. Give us, give us a bath in our thinking today. God, wash out all of our stinking thinking today. God, wash out all our carnal-minded thinking, all our negativity. Lord, wash it out, Lord. Change our, change our perspective and our view. Lord, let not our thoughts lead us down the path of ruin. God, let us tap into our thoughts that'll bring us from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from blessing to blessing. Thank you, God.
that Lord, you're doing a work in this place today. Thank you, Father God. Come on, just pray right where you are. And come on, declare that your mind is getting set free. That your lies are being pulled down. Come on, that wrong thinking patterns are being broken. Thank you, Lord, that God, you've given us a breakthrough today. We're being renewed in the mind of our spirit today. And Lord, we're not living on negative road. We're not living on negative alley today. Lord, thank you, God, that we're getting on the high road. Lord, we're getting on the higher road. Lord, we're getting on the road of positivity. Lord, we're getting on the road that's bringing us, Lord, out of the rut that we're in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, I believe some of you in here today, you have been held back by the lid of your thinking. You've been tied to the post of your limited thinking and God's wanting to set you free. Come on, if today this word is just resonating in your spirit and you say, God, I needed to hear that today. God, I needed to hear that today. God, I needed to know that today. If that's you, come on, just lift your hand and just just before the Lord, just come on with both hands before the Lord, present yourself before the Lord today and just say, Lord, I present myself, present my mind to you today. I present my mind. I'm not allowing the enemy to keep my mind cornal. I'm going to be spiritually minded. I'm not going to be a spirit filled man or woman of God and live a cornerly minded life. I'm going to live a spirit filled life. Come on, declare that. I'm going to live a spirit filled life, a spiritly, a spirit minded life today in the mighty and strong and precious name of Jesus. I praise everybody that agreed. Shout it and said amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for the victory. Amen. Amen. Listen, if this has been a major problem in your life, I just want to encourage you to come forward and we're going to pray for you and believe God with you. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you never crossed the line. Don't buy into the lie that just coming to church is good enough. Come up here and tell somebody, I need to be saved. I want to be a Christian. Amen? And start the journey.